Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Wouldn't it be something to get to the end of our lives and find out everything we accomplished meant nothing? It's a quote here that says, our greatest fear should not be a failure, but of succeeding at something that doesn't really matter, D.L. Moody. Welcome to Vision Sunday. We're going to talk about why and what is the vision, how we can take action personally, and how we can grow together in this mission that God is calling us to. We're going to talk about an overview of the calendar for 2017, and I pray this morning that it would be more than just words, but it would be transformation. It would not be information or text that you see or pamphlets that you take home, but it's something that's alive that we can grow in and connect in as we have a very specific vision and a theme for this year. Last year, we had a theme right out of Numbers 13 where Moses sends out 12 spies and they go, we're supposed to do some recon in the land to find out if it's good or if it's bad. And they got to bring a report back. The first crew, they bring a back report. They say, the land, look, the land looks good, but let me tell you something, there's giants there. We can't take it. We're not going. We're going to actually, we wish we could just go back to where we're from. What is happening? And then the second camp, Joshua and Caleb, they look at Moses and say, look, yes, there's giants there. The land is good though, but if God delights to lead us there, we can take it. And he, they give a good report. We talked about how God sees Lansing as good. He has not given up on Lansing. He gives a good report when he does recon. And as we look into the neighborhoods and we see the developments in the city, we see it as good. And as we start off today, if we would just do a little exercise to get ready. I do this with my kids, but I think it's good because we're all still kids too. And so you touch your ears. You just touch both your ears. And we touch our eyes. Touch your eyes right there. And let's pray. God, we want to hear from heaven today. We want to have eyes to see how you see. God, we pause and we stop to say, unless you build the house, we labor in vain. We could get to the end of our life and be involved in things that didn't matter. We want to be successful about what matters in the kingdom of God. So help us hear and help us see today as we commit and we submit to your vision and your leadership in Jesus' name, amen. Let's kick this off with why vision. We're gonna turn to Proverbs 29, 18. We got on the screen, don't worry. You don't have to turn. You can just turn your attention to the screen. And when the preachers say, turn to this, I'm thinking a lot of them don't even give you the time to turn to it, but you can have the time to turn to it. And so it's very convenient. I feel uncomfortable when they say that sometimes too. And then you feel a little condemnation. Should I, if I don't turn to it, am I not as good? I don't even know where that book is. I don't even know what a proverb is. And that could be some of you today. Wherever you're at in that spectrum, it's okay. You're invited. We got a screen for you. Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. The message translation says it this way. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. They are most blessed when they attend to what God has revealed. We define vision. I like it. I was just thinking about it this week and I summed it up in a sentence. It's the ability to see beyond what you see. You can look at something 
and see it for its surface value, or you can look beyond it and see something of greater capacity, greater impact. You can watch a child in their early stage in development, but who has vision to see when they get older? You ever found like somebody didn't have vision for you and already discounted your impact you can have or your ability to change? And they didn't, they only saw with their sight, they didn't see with vision. If they saw with vision, they would have an ability to see much further. Helen Keller, who was blind, has a quote, it's so powerful, it says, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. Vision's kind of like a lens. It affects everything of how you see. If you have just a scratch on the lens, you won't see clearly. It'll affect your vision, what you look like. I think vision is, is the jet fuel to your moped. It's a NASA takeoff to your bicycle. It makes babies look like LeBron James, a Lego set like an Eiffel Tower. Somebody get vision in this place today. That's the type of vision we're talking about. You got that? Come on, that's the type of vision. Jet fuel to your moped. NASA takeoff to your bicycle. I don't want to look at things the same. I want to see its potential. I want to see the power of what's possible. I'm telling you, we've got to see with vision. Now, vision is not God. We do not worship a vision or a mission. We worship the one who set us free, made us new, and gave us right standing with God. That's Jesus. Game, set, match, over. Now, the Bible has instances where God shows up to people, and the two primary interactions that he'll have with them when he wants to carry out a, a prophecy or a specific initiative would be through a dream or a vision. And the difference between those two is this. A dream, you're sleeping, and God gives you a dream, and it can be interpreted. And then a vision is typically when you're awake. And so it's important to qualify and put some parentheses on what a vision is today, because they are rare that you would see something or have a dream. It would be rare but still powerful. And so you should not be discouraged though everyone doesn't get a specific vision. Everyone can still have vision for their settings. Everyone can have vision from within. So that's the greatest, uh, uh, those are some qualifiers to the greatest vision. The greatest vision is this, people meeting Jesus. So we have to be very clear of that this morning. Hearing God's word and fulfilled in it is the greatest vision. Understanding of God's word is the vision. And so a filter for vision is this. It will never contradict God's word if it's from God. So somebody tells you they got a vision and if it's, counter, it's counteracting or it's contradictive to God's word, man, you better stiff arm that thing until it go back right where it came from. When God gives vision and hope, it's always for people. It's for the family. It's not just for just one Though it may impact one in a profound way, it will carry, it will have a ripple effect into a family, into other families, and into a region that God is doing something great to proclaim his good news. It's bigger than us, it's about God's kingdom, and it's about building people. This helps put some context to vision this morning. As we are the house, we're a family, not a building, we're people, and we need vision, and we need God's word. And when God gives us a plan in our niche, in his big church, in his big system that he's dominating all across the world, we want to run those laps and we want to run them well and we want to be faithful. Vision has the power this morning to do this. Take you, take me from here to there. Where I'm at today, here, and where I want to go tomorrow, 
You take the lid. How can we get from here to there? It's the bridge. And what happens in our life is we get frustrated and we can't have any impact because we can't see what the future brings. And so since we're discouraged about the future, what do we do? We either just indulge in the present of whatever it provides or we turn and walk back to our old ways. So vision is very vital and critical. It's critical to how you see your family, your friends, your marriages, your struggles. Because if you can't have vision for it, when you meet that moment when you need a bridge and you look at the future, you're like, nah, it ain't worth it. I'll just indulge in something else and you just turn back. And that's probably why Helen Keller said, what's worse than being blind is to have sight, but no vision. So it's so important for us today as we think about the vision that grabs us, dominates us, and that we don't overestimate in the short term what we think we can do, but we also don't underestimate in the long term of what we can do. And oftentimes we do that. We overestimate what we can get now. I'm gonna give up on the vision. And then we underestimate of what could happen long term. When God predestined our destiny, he factored in our stupidity. Therefore, there's always enough time to finish. That's good news this morning. God knows you're dumb. It's good news. God knows I'm dumb. So good news. That's why he calls us sheep. That's so liberating. Thank you, Jesus. You can always tell an organization, a family, or a church when there's not a vision. It doesn't feel that it's going somewhere. But it's interesting, when you walk into a fast food joint, you don't know it's a fast food joint anymore when you're at Chick-fil-A. This cat's begot vision. They interact with you differently. My pleasure, sir. Oh, really? Your pleasure. Wow. Thank you. Sure. Yeah, I'll be sitting down over there. Great. Bring, bring me the food. They bring you the food. What sauce would you like, sir? I would like some Chick-fil-A sauce. Oh, that's great. Two or three? Wow. Three. People had all these hyped up Chick-fil-A. And I go show up there and it delivered. And typically when someone's hyping up something, it doesn't deliver. I went to Chick-fil-A in the South, it delivered. And now it's over here on the West side. Man, the parking lot's been crazy. It hasn't fully delivered like the South experience. But man, we got vision for Lansing, right? Come on, vision changes the way we see. The ability to see beyond what we see. It always allows us to get from here to there. We look at pain differently. If you have vision that you're gonna have a baby, you can endure the pain. If you have vision that you'll be a part of a military, that you'll go through the boot camp. When you have vision, when you're part of a sports team, you'll do the two-a-days because you're thinking about the prize. Vision to get from here to there. Here to there may be hard, but I have a vision today from here to there. It may be hard in your life. You gotta hear this this morning, but you have a vision to get from here to there. It's worth it, friends. Come on to that story. It's worth it, this friends. It's worth it. There's an or story. It describes this so well. It says there's three bricklayers working beside each other on a wall. Someone walks up sarcastically and says, hey, what are you doing? What's that look like I'm doing? I'm laying bricks. The second man, he, he, the, the man who's asked the question, he goes right over to the second man. He says, hey, what are you doing? What's it look like I'm doing? I'm making a wall. Goes to the third person. What are you doing? I'm building a great cathedral to God who had vision. The third worker. We're building a great cathedral to God this morning. Somebody get vision in this place. It aligns us, synergizes us, allows us to go deeper, the freedom to run and to go further than what we see. It gives us bumpers and guides through the storm, helps us fix on something. 
in our case, someone, Jesus, who's over the storms. Vision will always pay more than money ever will. That's why it's contagious. And there's not enough dollars in the world to rob the destiny and drive in somebody with vision. Can we be bought today? Can you be bought? If you start having vision for your life, you'll know the parameters and the bumpers, and therefore you wouldn't be as likely to be bought. Vision pays more than money ever will. Give me a setting with vision over one with comfort and lavish food any day. We need adventure to rule and to reign. Yeah, the fall jacked it up for a moment, but in Jesus we are free and not forced for approval or agendas, and now we move in power. That's exciting. Our story at City Life, um, summed up in the newspaper sometimes. I don't know if you ever check LSJ or uh, news online. You see stories like this. And this is right where I drive to take my kids to school all the time, over by Kalamazoo. And I don't know the routes you travel. And so I don't know the pains you feel and you see. Um, but this is one that just came into my attention. And when these stories kind of come online, what is the response of people? Uh, what do they write? They write, oh, I'm so glad I left that place. Oh, and you can just watch it. Just watch the narrative. They'll tag some people in it. Oh, dang, you know, da, 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 you know, and I think, what does God think when he sees stories like this? How does he feel when he sees stories like this? I know how we respond. I know how we type. What does God type? How does he see things? How does God understand and relate to the situations and the story of mankind and what is happening in the city? And so let's zoom back for a minute and just talk about the city real briefly. The city may not be important to you. Maybe you don't live in the city, but you live in a city to some capacity. We're all part of the 517, probably, unless you traveled from Ohio and those Facebook ads brought you in. But you're probably here because you're in 517 at some point, right? And so we're all in some cities in some way, way fashion. And in fact, and just to give you an idea, all of population didn't hit 1 billion people until 1940. And today we're over 7 billion people. Where's the trends of everything that's going? In 1800, only 3% of the world's population lived in urban areas. And by 1900, 14%. And today, 54% of people live in urban areas. There was only one or 12 cities with population of over 1 million in 1900. 2005, 336 cities with over 1 million population. What that pauses me to do, causes me to do, is pause and say this. What part of history do we want to be on? Do we want to be intentional about the trends? Do we want to get involved in the city? Or we want to be innocent bystanders and saying, hmm, that must be just be a part of the fall. But is it? Was it God's plan since the beginning, that he knew everybody would go to cities because they would have to interact with each other. There would be relationships and people are closer together. And what is God most passionate about? Is he passionate about buildings? Is he passionate about a field? Is he passionate about animals? What is he most passionate about? He's passionate about people. And where are people going? People are going to cities. And they're close together. Proximity. And all of that matters. Because in the beginning, there was a garden. In the end, there's a city. It's been that way since the jump. And we need to follow suit. So for the city in Lansing and beyond... When you see this type of picture and you think, oh, the stats say this. Lansing, a couple years ago, was the number eighth most violent city in the nation for population under 200K. In the nation by Law Street crime reporting. The nation. Last year, we've now jumped that and we're number four in the nation for population under 200K for the most violent cities in the nation. 
I just want to drive that home today. Last year, there was eight homicides in 2016. This year, there's already four. It's February 19th. How will we respond? How does God respond? What does he think about when he sees this, when he reads this? Lansing right now is at a junction. It's what are we going to be known as? We're safe haven. We're casino development. A lot of activity going on downtown. Neighborhoods being pushed out. Schools declining. Potholes everywhere. What will the response be of God's people today? I see all of this and I'm grateful for God. This has not been about on my own way and this is not the easiest thing, but I see all of this like a bat signal just calling us to draw closer. There's three wrong, wrong ways to look at a city. Expulsion, which drives people out and then they come back angry is what has happened. Or to subject individuals, so you push them down and then what happens? There's an uprising. Or three, assimilation. Hey, you can live with us. But in a couple generations, you'll be just like us and you will be gone. And that's what the Babylonians did. All those ways to look at a city is wrong compared to how God looks at a city. False prophets would say, just get out. Don't even be involved in the city. And there's moments where God, he, he purifies and he cleanses and he has a redemptive plan. But now we're in Jesus and we're the city set on a hill. And what that means is that we're present and we're amongst people. And so we're not separatists. We're not advocating tribalism that's just for myself where I just come in the city, get what I need. We actually need to interact with people from different culture, different ethnic background, different likes and interests, because one day that's what we're going to be worshiping all around the throne, every different tribe, every different tongue, every different nation represented in their distinctives, in their distinctives, not conformity. So unity does not look like conformity. Unity looks like us being involved with Jesus. We're going to look at a passage in Jeremiah 29. This has been on a lot of people's fridge. This has been in your, all your hallmark cards, but it's pretty challenging. It's a passage of city life that this verse seven says this, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Seek welfare, seek shalom. It's a big lofty word for holistically engage the city and individual, not just on their basic needs, but all of their needs, their health, spiritual development, seek the welfare, get involved. And he tells us how in just a couple of verses prior to that, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce, take wives and have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters, multiply there, do not decrease. And then here's the one that's on your fridge. Here's the one that's in the Hallmark card. Here's the promise. This is the good one. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. That is the backdrop. The backdrop for that is God's people are in exile in a city they didn't wanna be, that they're forced outside of their own will, but it's because of their sin. And now they're amongst in Babylon and God tells them, hey, bloom there. Tim Keller talks about that this is the narrative of our lives, that this is the narrative and the story of scripture is that God is telling his people to be in the city, to be present, 
to be there in a place that they necessarily don't always fit in and they don't see the kingdom of God always at work. But the kingdom of God, you guys, is not always what we see. It's actually in us. And so we have vision where we're present. And so we're taking that good news everywhere we go. Jesus and God wants to do redemptive things. That's the nature. He wants us to build. He wants us to live. He wants us to plant and eat. See, because the good news changes everything and everyone deserves an authentic expression right where they are in their neighborhood, to see the welfare, the shalom present for justice, for peace, food, health, delivering the oppressed, shelter for the refuge, food for the hungry, racial reconciliation, all of this the whole time as we are going. Loving the city, one life at a time. The contrast to that is probably Jonah. God tells him, to go to Nineveh, he doesn't wanna go. So God swallows him in a well and gets him there regardless. And so God's been stirring up a lot of things in us and telling us to go. I'm gonna tell you today that God will swallow you in a well. He's gonna get you there regardless. And you can go there stinky like the well or you can just be present and do what God wants you to do. God has come and calling you for a long time to love people. He's been calling you and, and it's all built on, not on works, but it's built on the fact that you are complete and his love found you. That's the gospel of grace. And so when you respond, then you say, hey, I'm available. Come on. So how does God see it this morning? God sees Lansing and beyond alive. It's been a little thing when we've been out and about and sometimes we, we just say it. We don't always feel happy. Someone asked me, man, you guys are so happy. Look, you are reading the wrong memo if you think I'm always so happy. Okay, you're reading my highlight reel, which is on Instagram, because what do I want to reproduce? Yeah, man, today's been real hard. It's just, and every once in a while we throw those lamenting bones out there, but come on, this everywhere. You can find emo, you can find, just let's be down, let's find. I'm not talking about dress or style, I'm talking about attitude. You can find that everywhere. We don't need that. We need something that's alive. We need something that's moving, pioneers, cultures, you know, trendsetters. And so we've been saying this, did you know this? She looks at me, what do you mean? It's got my big beer right now. Life is better dancing in Lansing. <laughs> they look at you, just like, hey, life is better dancing in Lansing. Yeah, Grand Rapids, you got a cooler market. I don't care. We dance in Lansing. That's where we're at. We dance in Eaton Rapids. We dance in Grand Ledge. We dance in me. We have to because the joy of the Lord is so good. He's so good. So I might not always feel it, but Jesus is our highest. He's our king. I was reading this and it started making me cry because John 1, 14 talks about how God is the word. And in the message says it this way, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. God moved right into where you and me are at, period. Jesus moved into the neighborhood. Jesus engaged people. He's the one who loved his neighbor as he laid down his life. He's our great example, and we are free in him today. See, the gospel ran to us, it resurrected us. It made us new in Christ, and we live to belong and grow and to know God, and to help others find that freedom too. So this morning, the theme for City Life, for our vision, is simply this. Love runs to, not from. It's always Jesus. It's his good news. So when God reads the newspaper articles, his love doesn't run from. His love shows right up and not to give up. God loves more powerfully than we could ever do. 
God says, I see Lansing, I see people in their pain, I see people looking for breakthrough. I, I'm hoping to bring them relief through you and I wanna bring relief to the addiction. I wanna offer purpose. I wanna give new life to those that are looking for it. And it's not new life tomorrow, it's new life now. Love runs to now. Love says, I see your flaws, all your issues, your statistics, and I'm staying. Love says, I see all your flaws, all your issues, and your statistics, and I am staying. I'm staying. I'm not going anywhere. That love runs too. That is only possible with God. So here is how it breaks down. Love runs to who? Who? Me. Love ran to me. That's, that's, that's what it's all about. I'm in Christ. My position is found, secured. Love ran to me. He's the cornerstone for all of this. And unless he does the work, we're just doing a bunch of good works. We're like, we might as well just be promoting, you know, global warming uh, activist recycling campaigns or something. I mean, we, which is great. It's great through a God-centered view though, because God made the world. We're trying to be preservation agents. But if we're trying to do this backwards where we think, because we can do a lot of good stuff that we can be made right with God, get that, get that out of your mind today. True, because here's the only truth, that we were dead and God made us alive, his love set us free. So the love of Christ ran to us. The love of Jesus runs to us and made us new. So love runs to me and I'm loved and that completes everything. And then love runs to you, runs to each other in community, family. Love runs to the city. As we are going, make disciples. Jesus leaves us with these commands. He says, go and make disciples. What that means is actually as you are going, so I wonder sometimes, do so I gotta move? We gotta get out of here? No, no, no. God is telling us, as you are going, make disciples. As you're going about, open up your eyes, go look beyond the ability to what you see, see beyond that, and think, woo, what's the vision for this place right now? It'll open up your eyes as love runs to, not from. Now, there is a time to run. There's danger at times where people keep falling back and many who have lived impoverished, they might have to run, get out. There's people in the city that they've been beat down so long, they gotta get out and they gotta go to the Michigan Athletic Club. It's our opportunity to get them out there. They gotta go out there and they've never went camping. I remember one time sitting at Applebee's, I asked a girl, I said, hey, uh, you, you ever, um, I said, we were out in Detroit, have you ever been there? She goes, I've never left Lansing. I said, oh yeah, but you've been to Okemos, right? No, 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 I've never, been, never left Lansing. Oh, it's right, you've been to East Lansing though, right? No, never left Lansing. I'm sitting here. Okay, either she's not okay or they need some serious help. And the truth is, the deeper you get into Lansing, what you find is her story's really common. Not everybody has the same luxuries that some of you and I have had. And so there's a time for people to run from. So we help them get out. But for us that have been set free, we gotta ask the Lord, say, Maybe you're calling me to bloom, to plant gardens, to, lo to live and to show people what that looks like. Does that mean we're all gonna move in the city? No, it means as you're going, you're gonna run your own laps of what that looks like to love the city. As God is repairing and, and reconciling the, what the enemy meant for evil, God's turning for good. Do we have all the answers this morning? No, we're not naive to think that. But what we do think is that we're foolish enough to believe that there's a king one day who will change everything and it's all good, baby. That's what we believe. That's what we believe. We are so fools for that, and it's good. Love runs too. Look at this. Just love runs too, and think about that blank. Pause on that, reflect on that. As you take that guide home, you can look at the back and think about love runs to who? 
that coworker you hate, love runs to them. I bet if you just pause and you let heaven insert words, you'll start to feel the heartbeat of God and he'll start to transform you. I dare you to open up your ears and your eyes and to let him speak. It's amazing what Jesus does because Jesus loves. That's it. See, vision causes people to love their work because they can see the big picture. Someone once said that if you want to build a great ship, you can go out and find some talented craftsmen or you can find a person who loves the sea. We love God. We love people. We love the sea. And love runs to, not from, where the wild things are. And practically, here's where we collectively come together as we think about today. Is love runs together. We are better together. Us, in this place right now. Habakkuk 2.2 says, And God answered, write this, write what you see, write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. ESV says, I will take my stand as a watch post and a station myself on the tower and look into see what he will say to me. So there's like this posture of a watchman, military perspective, God, I need you to speak. And earlier Habakkuk, he's complaining. God's answering his question. He says, I'm gonna give you a vision, write it down. And so people can run with it. So write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. Isn't it freeing when there's clear steps for things? You, it's one, two, three, this is what we do. That's what God's meaning here. I'm gonna give you clarity so that you all can run together. Write it down so we can run. As I've wrote things down over the years, I've found that I can't control when it happens, how it happens necessarily, but God, if he's the one that's prompted the writing, he will make fit his mission. He will see fit if it's his will to pay the bill. I remember when we built a music studio. I wanted a studio in 2007, wrote it down in seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Wasn't happening, 11, 12. Finally, I said, look, we're crazy. If this thing doesn't happen, either we just can't keep doing this or, or we're gonna have to do it. I remember we just stepped out in faith. Okay, this is a hero moment. I could tell you a bunch of zero moments. And uh, we stepped out in faith and we started to break ground on this thing. And someone heard the vision, said, tell me more about that. And then they wrote a check over like $45,000. By the way, we didn't have any of the money when we broke ground, but we wrote it down, made it plain. And then every year just kept laying it before the Lord. God, I don't know here, but I know that you can get me there. And God did it. He does it. That's what he does. He's awesome like that. I'm telling you, but you got to lay it down. You got to write it down. We gotta make it clear. So when you see that magazine, what it is, it's a guide for all of us to healthily run together. You'll see some vision of city life. You'll get some of our DNA, that our three main focuses is the Sunday experience, that everyone would have an opportunity to have a welcoming environment to know that they belong in God's kingdom. That they would not meet religion, but they would meet Jesus. And so we try to rip down every barrier that would stop somebody from meeting Jesus. That's the Sunday experience. And then we are all about community. That's us in relationship together. And then we're also on mission. God loves the city. We love the city. That's our three focuses. And our vision for the church is we're a good news church. So we're built on the gospel. And our mission is we are loving the city one life at a time. That's what we do. We put together some of the calendar here. And as I was working on it this week, uh, there's, there's a sheet in there with a vision. God, uh, Zach, can you come up here? Bring me, there's a vision. You get this, you can kind of like look in your thing. It's for you, it's interactive. And um, I know I've been spazzing out up here, but you got this little vision card. You see that thing? Justina, let's see if we can find that. It's like a white vision card. Who's got that thing? There we go. Yeah, 
tell everybody was looking at that thing before we started. There we go. Booyah. Thanks, Tony. So I got this vision card. This is for you to take home. You got to start getting a vision for your family and your friends. You can write this down. This is for you to take home. You got to write it down. You got to make it plain. This is for you and your family personally. Because we need a vision for this family as a body, but you need a vision in every area of your life. So you can take this card home. That is for you to enjoy. And you spend some time sitting down. And as I was thinking about this, I was like, man, I need a clearer vision for our family. I put this, our family. And I was thinking about, I told Crystal this last night, we were talking about our family is built in and on the good news and is a life-giving example of Jesus' love to the city and beyond. That's our family's vision. Like, that's what we want to do. We're not perfect. That's why we're built in the good news. The good news means that I'm not perfect. God is. So that's what we want our family to be. How do you run your marriage? The boss that gets on your nerves, school, tests coming up. Right here, Just write some stuff down. Person who gets on your nerves, write some of that stuff down. Our values at City Life. Uh, you got one of them, Zach. Yes, if you turn to page four, that's where it's at. Uh, the value that really stuck out to me, number 10, I love this. We were made to rule and dominate. We work and rest all to the glory of God. It is good. We empower people to be the good news right where life exists. I love that one. That's a good one, Zach. Why don't you stay up here with me? Let's walk up through oh, this calendar. Let me hang. Oh, hang out. All right, some things we want to highlight this year of what we're doing. As love runs too, we want our calendar to reflect this, to write it down and make it plain. So in January, we had our I Can't But He Can series. And we're moving right into the All of Me for All of You series. Oh, it's been good. Now, next month's coming life-giving. We're going to have a Dreamcast. If you're not on the Dream Team, then you want to get a part of the Dream Team so you can be a part of the Dreamcast. And we're going to have that at an off-site location, typically. And we share intimate vision of how we can all be involved throughout the year. We're going to have marriage counseling. For those that want to get married or you've been wondering, should you get married, you can pick up a packet right at the Welcome Center right after this. You can get that there Go right there. That is for you. Grab that. Find out what our marriage is going to be. Uh, marriage class will be like right after service. We're going to have four of those in the month of March. We're going to have Easter, y'all. And Easter last year was bananas. We Come had 800 on. people. Crazy. And so Easter, I want us to start thinking as we get vision to see beyond. We're trying to get more people to an opportunity to be in the family. And so we want to get ready for people to be in the family. So right now we're scaling with systems and thinking through how can we still keep an organic posture, but get the systems and the infrastructure to get ready because we're going to launch a second service for our spring. So we're going to see how it goes. We're gonna, and we're going to launch that. What? And so I need your help with that. Um, you got to pull out. There's a little survey in there. So get your, find the survey. What, sur what time are we going to do? You're going to be the deciding factor for it. So pull that out. Find that. You're going to fill that and you're going to drop that in the giving bucket here shortly. Just a couple minutes here. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we got everything is awesome. Yes. We got roots coming up, growing. Why do we operate? We got a sports camp. Uh, welcome to the new school. It's going to be all about hangouts in July. We're going to have a kid family friend month and have opportunities to just enjoy the summer. And then we're also going to take a trip to City Life Philly. So some of these things, as you see them on here, you can reach out and ask more questions about it. You can email one of us in there and we'll give you more information about that. And then in August, we're going to gear up for a Love the City Week again with a series called Love Runs 2. We're going to have an unveiling for Sounds Good. And then we're also going to have our intern kickoff again as we move right into Boom. September for our Love the City Week. We're going to have a one message series. And then in October, it's going to be Broken Instruments, all talking about creatives, arts, displays, and how we're all broken and how God steps in. That's Halloween. It looks a little different going right into November. And then Christmas, a heart 
for the house. That's all taking place. That is the calendar. Those are some deep moments. And then here's some of our dreams. We're trying to get a truck this year. We want to get a Love the City truck that just shows up in neighborhoods and throws a block party right where life exists. What? Let love runs too. Wouldn't that be something? Show up on a Monday, show up on a Tuesday, right in that neighborhood. And I'll tell you, this type of thing is happening. I've seen it. It is amazing. I've been a part of it. It is beautiful. And we've done little uh, developments of it. We want to have consistent rhythm and routines. Routines. So these people on every Monday can say, oh, they're coming. They got the cotton candy. They got the fun. We're going to, they're just going to turn up. We're going to do that. We're going to show up there. We got an app coming out. We got uh, block pastor training coming up. And this is for some radical, crazy people that want to love their block and live like Jeremiah 29 so powerfully that they're crazy enough to believe that God loves their block, that they could be a pastor present and we could get behind that and celebrate that, that they would be like our missionaries. They'd open up their home for Bible studies and have their own little block parties. Our goal is to see 10 of those by next year. Are you one of them? Wouldn't that be something? We have open gym starting up pretty soon here. You'll hear more details about that. Yes. New website coming. That's some of our dreams. And here's the Love the City recap video. So you can check this out from last year just to give you an idea of what we want to be a part of this year. Appreciate y'all so much. No, we, we bring appreciate them down. We appreciate you. Thank y'all. You know, we, we love our city, man. That's right. That's right. I like that about y'all. I'm here at Wendy's. They were kind enough to let us come and pay through the drive-thru from Love the City. Yes, yes. It's a blessing. Awesome, man. I didn't expect it. We cleaned out a couple of really focal flower beds that people pay attention to as they go through the neighborhood. They really needed a lot of love and they now say people care. To see the love in their faces and in their heart, I mean, as they were coming in to give the gift bags and it just felt good. I mean, they have a heart on their shirt. It's not just seeing the symbol of the heart, but their hearts. until Tuesday, and then all of a sudden, this wonderful person shows up with a bag of groceries at the door. To City Life Church that I've heard about, we kept meaning to go, and now we have like, you know, invitations, so we're gonna be there on Sunday. Thank you so much. We have an opportunity this morning to break the cycle. What I mean by that is there's only two choices when there's an issue is to run from and even being silent is affirmation of that you're running from. Or we can run to. Bob Marley, when he was shot two days before a concert called Smile Jamaica, he went and did the concerts and he said this, the people that are making this world worse don't take a day off, how can I? Love runs too. We never lose loving people this morning, we have an opportunity to break the cycle, the hurt. Two wrongs never make a right. 
a life-giving, worshiping experience in Christ sets us free that we want others to experience that freedom. I want to be on the right side of history, not one that waits for a trend to be fully cemented before we engage, waits for laws to change that we should pay attention, waits for new developments of who's taking place in territory and moving in in their building. And that's great. I love that. I want to interact with everybody. I just wonder sometimes, where are we? We go down and we eat all those places. Where are we though? Like, where are we? Where's our places? Where's, meaning not like we have our own little place, but that we're the ones that actually moved in. And when I go in the city more, it's like not us moving in. And I mean us, like the city that God wants, the city set on the hill to show people that we're the restoration agents. We're the ones offering justice. We're the ones offering peace. And don't get me wrong, it's happening. But I think God's saying, turn up the volume a little bit because I think you guys have just been doing a little bit too much kumbaya, which is beautiful. It's beautiful, right? Rest by the bonfire. It's beautiful. Come on. Hear what I'm saying? Please get that. So there is a time, someone in this place, you don't need to work. The worst thing you could do to work would be work because you might think that you can find freedom in work. You only find freedom in Christ. So you got to have a massive warning with that today. The vision to get from here to there only comes through Jesus Christ, period. And so for us, we don't want to be a coward that dies a thousand deaths. We want to be a brave person that dies only once. So hear this, the activist that is active in solution has a voice we hear. The spectator who talks in theory alone, we don't hear. Though they may have thoughts of truth, doesn't hold weight and conviction of somebody who is all in and speaking from years of tears and getting dirty. Question, if not us, then who? If not you, then who? If not now, then when? When will we love? When will we show people this hope? And it won't be easy. It will be hard. It'll be crazy. It's going to be tough. But God will take us down the memory lane when we were the wild things and we were dead. And so that we keep loving and we allocate resources to invest in the schools, invest in kids, invest in the city. And so it's not just an eyesore or someplace we partake. So story this week is... Um, that completes that picture you see from the State Journal. Now, that's the cut barbershop in Allen neighborhood town center. I drive by that thing every day as I take my kids to school at Fairview. And we live right by there. And that's a place where I met my wife right in that neighborhood. It's a place that's always been on our heart. It's always been a signal calling us to grow deeper. It's right where Eastern High School is. It's the first school we started investing in. When God said, go and move, and he gave us a vision to love the city one life at a time, that the wind looks like people, looks like disciple blocks. And this week I'm like, well, what can I do to respond? What do you say? How do you, I was like, this is not the story that I drive by every day. What the story I see is that the barbershop is the community that people look up to. It's an advocate for peace and it shows that people are working and there's jobs and, it, and it's an exciting and Allen Neighborhood Center is offering food for people and now it's on the front page of the story everyone's commenting I'm like what do we do and so I'm coming back from a funeral we go pick up some food from bacon cakes and I just like 
walking through the door with Zach and I, I'm like, hey, I, uh, look, I don't even know what to say, but I live right by here. I feel horrible for what happened. And I know you guys are advocates for peace and love. And you guys are, uh, people look up to in the neighborhoods, kids look up to you. We just want to tell you we're with you. We're for you. We love you. And I hope just in a small way that says, man, keep going. Don't give up. And uh, they stop right there what they're doing. And we, we all had tears in our eyes and we came up, gave you hugs. And we asked for a second. I said, hey, can we just pray? And we all turned off the TV and we just prayed right in there. And they said, aren't you guys the ones that brought in the gifts and stuff? And I said, yeah. And we started praying. And I'll tell you what happened. It was so awesome. It was so awesome. I didn't know what to say, what to do. I just want to tell them, look, we're with you. We're for you. We love you. This is not the story. This is not the end. And we want you to keep going. And I'll tell you what, that's not what's going to be here in this block in the future. It's awesome. I didn't know what to say. Love just ran too. So here's the point. That was my lap, not yours. What's your lap? What are you supposed to run? There's a shoestring in there. Why? Because you're going to run with us. There's a carbohydrate bar. It's a little granola bar. Why? You're going to get tired. You're going to need some energy. I have to pick you up. You're going to have to walk into places you don't know what to say, but God just put it on your heart. And I want to keep loving them because the cut is an awesome spot. Guys that play basketball with work there. It's not a spot that we're going to look at this and just say, oh, forced homicide in Lansing 2017. And I drive right past that thing all the time. It'd be silly of me not to stop and to say hi. That's my story. My lap. You run your lap. You run your play. So be liberated. You don't feel pressure to come all in and be what God's made Torian, Zach. Be who God's made you to be. See, one's not a big number unless it's your child, unless it's your person. But when one is all you have, God can do something. God's looking for the one that will love people. We're gonna ask you three different ways that you can respond today. To be heroic, to say I'm in, to jump in. First one would be the dream team. Don't wait, initiate. You might not know what department you're going to be in. We're going to ask that you're going to pick one department to create healthy relationships. You're going to be able to be involved in creating a life-giving experience. And this is one of the most easy, intentional ways you can have an on-ramp to create an eternal impact in somebody's life is being on the dream team. And then you get access to emails that we're sending out throughout the week, behind the scene information of just what's taking place. How do we run this thing? It's our version of church membership. You might not know the rhythm we're gonna, that you're going to be in. Once we go to two services, we're looking at, you know, uh, two times a month serving and then the 10 one. It's good. It's, I'm telling you, it's fun and you build relationships and you get challenged. It doesn't come easy, but it's beautiful. Join the dream team today. You might not know how or where, so you're going to pull out that connect card. We're going to have giving here in a second. I want everyone, you can pull it out. You can look at your little thing. You're going to at least pull it out and look at your connect card. So everyone's going to get to pull out your connect card and look at that thing. Now everybody's going to pull out their connect card and look at the thing and it's going to be awesome. And so, because they're just going to get to pull it out and look at it. And so you can at least like tease, tease you know, whatever. You don't have to sign up, but you're at least going to pull it out and look at it. And um, it's great. And the second way is we want you to be a part of community. As you pull out the connect card. No, sorry. Look at that thing. Be a part of community. What are you waiting for? Jump in, leader, join a group today. We want discipleship, meaningful relationships. And then three. Look, we're trying to go big for Easter. We need some people that are committed to the family and wanting other people in the family. Would you give? Would you be a part of that eternal mission so we can create some more love the city weeks? Would you give? Would you be a part of that mission? Would you sign up for reoccurring giving? 
Would you start going all in financially? Be a part of that today. Zach's gonna come up. We're gonna have an opportunity to give here. And I want to challenge you. Challenge you with this quote. Somebody wrote on Instagram this week, took the long way home, stopped in the town that first taught me about loneliness. The only cure for our own loneliness is to make someone else feel welcome. Powerful. Could the dream team be that for you today? Could community be that for you today? Could giving be that for you today? So sign up for something as we respond to the vision that's before us to love the city one life at a time as love runs to me, you, and the city. And we do that together. Amen? Amen. Here's Zach. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.